Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Vale Dance Festival returns to the stage July 29th through August 9th. Conversations on Dance returns for a fifth year to bring audiences behind the curtain and closer to the festival artists they love. Our live podcast recordings have just been announced and will be running from July 30th through August 9th, totaling 10 events. Guests include Justin Peck, Sarah Mearns, Pam Tanowitz, Caroline Shaw, Lauren Lovett, and many others. I will be on maternity leave this summer. These live events will be hosted by Michael with special guest hosts throughout the festival. Tickets are on sale now and can be purchased at veildance.org slash conversations dash on dash dance, or click the link in the description of this episode. Be sure to subscribe to Conversations on Dance wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any of the content coming from the Vail Dance Festival. Special thanks to the Town of Vail for their support of the Vail Dance Festival and this episode of Conversations on Dance. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today on Conversations on Dance, we are joined by New York City ballet soloist Mira Nadon. Mira last joined us on the podcast in April 2020, episode 180, where we talked about her training, early career, and the early days of the pandemic. For her second appearance, we catch up with Mira about navigating the year and a half without performances at a New York City Ballet, her promotion as soloist, and the numerous debuts she's conquered in the first half of 2022. Mira, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We're so glad to have you back. Thanks for having me. Well, you haven't been on the pod for a while in person. We talk about you all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time we talked was like 2020, the beginning yeah. of the pandemic, maybe? Yeah, let's let's pick up from there. Because obviously that was a okay. really dark, weird, uncertain time. Yes, very strange. And, and the last time we talked to you, we were kind of reflecting on, you know, those recent successes you had had, but everything was very uncertain in the next, mm-hmm. you know, several years. So what were some of the projects you were able to pick up during the pandemic to keep you occupied? Because City Ballet was off stage for, I don't know, like a year and a half or something? Yeah, yeah, a year and a half. 
So the first thing I did was at the end of the summer of 2020, I did this gig in Florida where we were in a bubble and it was basically an excuse to like get and be, be with other dancers. And um, we made like a little dance film and it was really fun and just nice to, there were dancers from ABT and Miami City Ballet. So I got yeah. to meet some of your old colleagues who were mm-hmm. great. Um, so that was fun to just hang out with people and get in the studio. And then I came back to New York and everything was still locked down. I ended up doing City Valley had like a virtual fall right. season premieres. So right. I was in a piece by Sidra Bell. And then I did Troy Schumacher did a production of the Nutcracker up in Weathersfield. And it was a bubble. It was this immersive kind of interactive Nutcracker in this beautiful mansion. So that was really fun. And then from there, I was just, our studios opened up. I started taking class and I was just taking class every day. It was kind of bleak but (laughs) we we did it it feels like it's it's all blurred together now right now that you're past it i mean you know it's COVID is still you know omnipresent but we're no longer locked down like did that just feel like it even happened is that just like a fever dream it kind of does feel like a fever dream (laughs) and like it was a long time but i think we kind of all just put it behind us and (laughs) tried not to dwell on it too much. Yeah. So So how did it feel um, once you were able to get back on stage? What was one of your first things actually on stage? Was it Vail Dance Festival last year? Um, It was actually the Nantucket Dance Festival, which was a week or two before Vail. So I did that, Mm -hmm. Um, which Tyler Engel's in charge of that. And like he always puts together a really fun rep. So I did, we did like a little, um, he put together a restaging of Paquita, which is fun because I've obviously never really gotten to do that. Yeah. So we had fun feeling classical and kind of campy. <laughs> and then <laughs> Wait, they just posted was, that video of you doing fuetes and it's your first, yeah. <laughs> or some, like one of your early shows and you're just doing triple fuetes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It somehow happened. I'm not really sure how. <laughs> um, and we did, we did divert. So I got to do a little Valentine and we worked with Siggy Shore over Zoom to coach. That was really fun. Oh, that's so I, great. You know, I worked on those divert variations with her SAB. So it was fun to, you know, get to circle back to that. You guys and then I went some, to Vail. You guys did some stuff like that, um, Zoom coaching in your ballet bubble in Florida as well, right? Like this, that's kind of something that maybe you yeah. wouldn't have gotten to do otherwise if it weren't mm-hmm. for us developing Zoom coaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, one thing, you know, we all kind of hate Zoom now, but it is right. really useful that we have all these amazing resources and people who maybe aren't in New York who can't travel. So it is really useful to yeah. reach out to those right. people. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Troy was doing Ballet Collective, Kay Mazo mm-hmm. taught via Zoom, but she didn't understand that the, everyone was in a bubble. She was like, I hope you're all being safe. <laughs> but, She's yeah, a little concerned. Like, she was concerned, but it was such a nice thing to be able to, for the dancers to be able to have access to someone who otherwise would not be, of course, mm-hmm. teaching class a few hours away. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you did at the Vail Dance Festival last year because we weren't able, yeah. I mean, we saw you and we hung out with you, but on the pod, we didn't catch up with you. You had some really fun debuts and it was just such a joy to watch you dance. So let's hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So Vail, I was super excited to go when Heather and Damien reached out. I feel like it's such an iconic dance festival and I was just so excited to get to work with them and such a great environment up there. So I ended up, I did the Stars and Stripes Harder with James Whiteside, which was very exciting and very hard at the altitude. Oh my God. We survived. And um, I did the Who Cares Potato with Christopher Grant. And then 
I was in a piece, a new piece that Tyler Peck created. So it was yeah. a fun little lineup. Yeah. And, and that was something that was delayed from the previous year for you as well. Yeah. Like, so you were originally intending to go, to go in 2020. Yeah. And we actually, in the beginning of March of 2020, Tyler and I had started to work on my solo for that. So we made the solo and then everything got shut down. Right. So. Yeah, we got to revisit that and then build on the piece. Wait, I'm like realizing just now, because like, as we're saying, everything blends together. That was your last year was your first year in Vail. Like, why am I thinking mm-hmm. you've been there for years? <laughs> no, That's so funny. I forgot that. Tell us a little bit about the process of working on Stars and Stripes, because I know it was like you mentioned, it's very hard at altitude. It's hard not mm-hmm. at altitude. So what was that process like? And tell us a little bit about, about who you worked with for the coaching. Yeah. So um, when I first learned the pas de deux, I mean, I guess I'd probably learn the variation and variations class at some point. And I've seen the pas de deux a lot. So it's kind of in there. But we worked with Debbie Winger in New oh. York. And we had a couple of coaching sessions with her to make sure we really knew the choreography and get it in there. So she's great. She's wonderful. And then when you got to Vail, we worked with Heather and then Margaret Tracy, who's obviously one of her iconic roles. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, everyone's seen that YouTube video of her. Yeah. <laughs> So that was really great to work with her. And I um, went to Boston summer program for two years and I loved her, loved working with right. her. So it was really nice to see her again. And she's such an amazing coach and so giving and, um, you know, has so much great feedback. Yeah. I love that you you called it the YouTube video, Margaret. And I was like, the VHS. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, yeah, I mean, of course you were so incredible in stars. It was so fun to see you out with James. Um, but my favorite moment of the whole festival was seeing you dance. And then Margaret, who, again, it's, you know, as you said, it's like one of her iconic roles. She's very much identified with that, certainly with our generation that grew up after that video. Um, and she was in the very back row. So the only person that could see her was us. Cause we were, we were standing behind and she stood up to her feet. She was the first person to get up. And it was just so special because it was like, she was, it was not performative. It was so genuine. She just loves you. And mm-hmm. I think you have such a special connection. It was like, I don't know. I thought it was really moving. Thanks. I was like crying I mean, during yeah. stars and stripes. <laughs> <laughs> the environment up there is like really so supportive and wonderful and kind of unlike anything I've experienced. They just have such a wide variety of coaches who are just mm-hmm. so amazing and just so giving. It's really wonderful. And I remember too, for the up close, which is, um, you know, a series that they do every year that kind of allows people a peek inside the um, rehearsal process. Heather was working with you on that too. And it was just so cool to see the two of them working together and giving you corrections and stopping and going. And it was just so fun to get that peek inside what the studio um, atmosphere yeah, is like they, with them. It just they have a so great, fun. great team up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was so fun because they're just, they're so, I think they were like, you know, how they were as dancers too. They're offering their own like perfume in that moment like mm-hmm. heather would be like glamour baby and then margaret would be like but also heel forward yes you yeah know, like- <laughs> totally <laughs> and stars was fun because i feel like it's also something that isn't my usual rep mm-hmm. right like i've kind of tended to do you know not so much of the quick jumpy technical things mm-hmm. so it was fun to get to work on something else a little different. right and that's like really what heather and damien do often mm-hmm. with their casting mm-hmm. you know 
Um, but tall people can definitely do Liberty Bell. I mean, Meryl did it for like a thousand years. Yeah, so. I mean, Tess, Tess does it with us. And Tess does, so. yeah. Let's talk about then coming back to New York and then getting back on stage with a company. That must have been mm-hmm. such an exciting time to be able to get everybody back together and get back on stage. What were some of the things uh, you were dancing initially once you guys returned to the stage? Yeah, so our first show back, we opened a serenade and I was in the chorus serenade. So that was obviously incredibly special. It's such an iconic ballet and just the opening, um, the curtain coming up with all the core women standing on stage is, I think, really powerful. And we're all so excited to be back. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, felt really good. It was nice to be out there with everyone. Um, was that your first time doing Serenade? Just because of the way <clears throat> time? No, I've done, no. done it maybe a couple seasons or at least mm-hmm. one season. Yeah. Okay. Right. Did you have yeah. like what was the adjustment like to being back to full time company life, like doing a whole season? Did you find yeah. that like well, in general was the company like in shape and ready, or was it like a, a hard, um, you know, an, an uphill battle? I guess. Yeah. Well, so we did have a seven week rehearsal period, which is crazy for us. Usually, we have only three or four weeks, mm-hmm. so we did have that adjusted rehearsal period to kind of get back in shape. Right. Um, I will say a lot of time we do new ballets in the fall. So there was a lot of time spent in the new ballets. Sure. Um, so by the time we got to working on the classical ballets, it was like, okay, <laughs> gotta remember how to do ballet technique. <laughs> but yes. I think it was kind of like incredible that I think everyone came back and was super strong and right. like just picked up right where they left off, which was kind of amazing to see. I remember seeing that in Vale, and I think we talked about it on the podcast. I know Michael and I talked about it a lot, just like in general, watching everybody come back on stage, like. I- us as former dancers, like we don't know what that would have felt like to take all that time off and then try to come back. But we were just saying like, everybody looked so strong and like in different ways, like there must've been this benefit. Or I wonder if you found a benefit in the times that you had to do like cross training and, you know, take, you know, keep yourself in shape in different ways than just like normal class studio rehearsal performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely, over the pandemic, I started working with Joel Prouty who owns a gym and works with a lot of dancers. So I think that definitely helped. I mean, it's hard to tell. There's so many factors that were all up in the air. Right. Yeah. But I think I did I did feel, you know, by the time we had some rehearsal weeks under our belt and eased into shows, I did feel pretty strong. And um, yeah, I felt like we were all able to pick off, pick up where we left off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So fall season, you know, went off without a hitch. And sadly, COVID was not done with us. We did, we, <laughs> no, we did. So, we made it through fall season without any cancellations. And honestly, like I'm trying to remember, I don't think there were even like outbreaks in the company during fall season. It was right. actually went really well and it wasn't super hectic. Yeah. Right. But then but Omicron, yeah. Omicron <laughs> said yeah. hello right in the peak of Nutcracker season. But you did manage to get in one performance of Dewdrop. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is again a a super iconic role um you know it's like everyone's dream part you know uh i remember one time at miami city valley we were saying like if you could perform any role that would be like the opposite gender and all the boys Mm -hmm. like even like you know bros were like oh it's dewdrop man (laughs) (laughs) so so good it's just so good good. so what was your preparation like who did you get to work with for that and yeah so i worked with rebecca crone on dewdrop um and that is one of those things that you learn in the school you know the steps but definitely returning to it knowing that i was going to dance it was very different 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the school, you kind of, when you're young, you just do things that kind of just happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so coming back to it, like it's really hard choreography, but it was right. really fun to work on. Um, and to work on, like, also, I feel like that was maybe something I hadn't gotten to do, like a lot of technical things and lots of jumping and turning, which I do enjoy doing, but I just, my rep didn't have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So right. I think that was nice to do. Like, I think Wendy after my show was like, oh, like I've never seen this side of your dancing before. <laughs> um so it was fun it was it just felt like I remember when I got to the show I it just felt so strange to be doing a different part because I was so used to doing core flowers or dummy flowers like I right thought, this is really weird that I'm gonna go out there and hear the music and do completely different choreography right <laughs> I'm gonna be dancing when I usually rest now <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. so I, I was yeah, just thinking about this fun. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but but I'm gonna interrupt no um <laughs> No, but something interesting about Dewdrop is that you have these five sort of variations, but you have mm-hmm. like you you have all these exits. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. one big gulp of a ballet. You do a, a you know thirty second bit. You come off. You have enough time to judge yourself before you go out for the next variation. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Is that I can't think of another part that's like that where it's like stop go stop go. Does that affect your performance or like wh- how mentally do you deal with that? Um. I mean, yeah, you definitely have time to think about what happened. I because I actually felt like I did my first entrance and I was like, oh, that was so bad. Like, oh, no. already starting off like going downhill. Like, can't get worse <laughs> from here. Oh, no. <laughs> and I mean, it was fine, but you know, I was like, I've done that entrance better, whatever. But then I think right. yeah. maybe in a way that makes you be like, you know what, whatever, just go out there. I mean, you just have to put it behind you, and there's nothing you can really do if something goes wrong. Right. But I think that also is part of the challenge. Like, I think sometimes you get more tired when you come off stage, whereas when you're on stage, you're just like keeping your energy up and like keeping yourself held. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's definitely part of the challenge, um, especially like that fifth entrance. You're so tired <laughs> by the time you get yeah. there and you know you're going to be sort of showing and jumping and you're yeah. going to die a little bit, but you just <laughs> got to make yourself go out there and do it. Right. I, that actually kind of makes me think, Michael, you're saying that of like these different entrances, it's making me think of another part that you do, which is tall girls and rubies. Um, Michael and I just saw that recently and our mutual friend, Adrian Carter was dancing it. And she was mm-hmm. telling me like, Oh, there's these scary turns at the beginning, but the third movement so fun that you kind of like forget if something bad happens in the more technical part at the beginning. So I wonder if, if you have like similar thoughts about that um, part. Yeah. I mean, I think I've like, I got to revisit rubies um this year in the winter and the spring which is the first time I've done it since my debut in 2019 I believe mm-hmm. that was really nice and it was nice to feel a little more comfortable in the role and feel a bit more confident in my dancing and like my interpretation of it so I think that I would I agree with Adrian like I think the most stressful part is the ponches so once yeah. you've done those ponches there's nothing else in the ballet that's stressful Right. Like the great thing about rubies is it's re- not technically that hard. It's just like all about the personality you give it. Mm-hmm. So and it feels like the third I, yeah. movement must be just like the most fun ever. I mean, yeah. it's all I just mean, great. But... I mean, all of it's really fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that, fr- that first entrance can feel kind of jarring, but right. it is really fun. And you get to like play with, you know, all your angles and yeah. Right. And when I, the performance I saw was you did the, I think the craziest ponche. I've I've seen and anyone doing the role. It was like you were rock solid. Did you know in that moment where yep. you're just like, oh wow, I nailed that one today? <laughs> yeah, like my last tranche, I was like, 
okay, that was a good poncho. I'm not going to lie. It does not always go like that. (laughs) (laughs) Just for our listeners who um, aren't sure about this part, it's at the very, very end of the first movement of rubies and it's super challenging. So it's um, repeated ponches with no man, just like ponches in a row. Completely. And you do. Yeah. You have to do both sides. So for me, my left ponche is better. So I do my left, my right, and then my left. Right. But it's always a little, when I get to that right one, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and then also people don't always think that your point shoe is like a wobble board. Like you have that yeah. shank underneath your foot that doesn't take up your whole foot. So it's like standing on an uneven surface, but like when you see someone really nail it and you're not nervous watching it as a, I mean, as a dancer, like we get nervous, like, oh my God, that's going to be so hard, but when it's you really know. happening, it must feel so good. Yeah. And it, it is satisfying when it goes well and you're like, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's all over. laughs> so you, you got to revisit some roles that you'd performed before, but you also had a flurry of debuts. Tell us about yeah, some of the things that was kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. So what, what are some of the parts you stepped into? What did I do? I did the fourth movement of DGV by Christopher Wielden. That was what we opened our season with. Um, I did the first pas de moves. Um, I did mm. Black Swan pas de I did, I feel like it's all pointing together. I had a lot oh, of- Choleric. It was your first choleric, right? I did right? choleric. Uh-huh. Fun. I bet that's another one that I seems like- I feel like, like I'm forgetting so many things, but it's all just like a blur. <laughs> Right. 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 So what's interesting about your journey here is that you had all these debuts, but you got promoted before them. It was all, it was all scheduled to happen. And it it, it was feeling like there was certainly like a feeling of inevitability, but it's sort of, I guess, rare that you get that like right before. So did you feel like very caught off guard? I was not expecting that. Did you so. feel like you had something to prove at that moment or how did that affect you? I mean, like, I guess so. Like it's a mix because I guess you're like, well, they already promoted me. They can't depromote me, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then in a way you're like, I have to live up to being a soloist. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like my first show this season was DGB. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the first show this season, you're already like a little more nervous because you haven't been on stage in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely remember feeling nervous for that and being like, well, like, I guess I have to deliver a soloist performance now. <laughs> Um, but I guess, I mean, but not in a bad way. I was just right, like, right. Hey, like, gotta do it. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it took some of the pressure off of, um, the more intense, scary things, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely, it was a surprise to be promoted when I did. <laughs> Yay. <Minnesota>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, but then it was like, if you think about it, like you just had, so there were, I was so happy when that happened. I mean, of course I'm happy for you, but it's just like, it it's like our it's overdue in a sense because it was like it would have happened before but you just weren't on a stage for a year and a half right so like timing wise it's not actually off you know it's like you would have been yeah i guess so because we yeah we lost a year and a half yeah yeah right yeah yeah yeah. but yeah Um, it's very exciting i think we wanted to talk a little bit about um black swan did you only get to do it one time yeah one and done one and done. <laughs> what was that experience like? Because it's again something that's like so iconic, but I feel like it must be really great to just tackle the potata instead of like yeah. having to even imagine the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, Swan Lake is one of my like top dream ballets, and I feel like it always has been. Um, yeah. 
Like I even remember when I was maybe in middle school or something, one of my teachers at my home studio told me, you need to be really careful. You don't typecast yourself as a Swan Lake dancer. Oh, <laughs> and I remember kind of thinking, I was like, well, like I want to be a Swan Lake dancer. So. <laughs> but also I'm going to be I, a but Ruby. I, but I and a yeah, but I know what he meant and it was good advice, but it yeah, was yeah. really nice to, you know, get to work on something that I'd always wanted to work on. Um, I think right you know, Black Swan Parada, the variations of Coda, it's very technical. So it's, I think it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and it's very, it feels very exposing, mm-hmm. but I was really lucky. I got to work with Chun. I know you guys had him on your podcast and you know, everyone who meets Chun loves him. He's great. <laughs> and he's yeah. an incredible partner and he has so much experience that I feel like through the process, he really taught me a lot and he's really great about giving corrections that are really helpful and he's not afraid to say something if it's going to help yeah so I right. feel like I you know I haven't partnered a ton in my career so getting to work with him and I um did DGV and moves with him that season as well right. was really kind of educational for me and we worked with Rebecca who I guess I've worked with a little bit um on mm-hmm. a couple things now so that was great I felt like we had a good little team yeah. Do do we have a, a name for your partnership with John? Like a Benefer type name? No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta work. I gotta funny. workshop that. Yeah, it was funny because because I guess Chun actually isn't super tall, um, right? But like John and Wendy came to one of our rehearsals and we're like, it's been so great to work with each other. Blah blah. blah. Mm. John is like, yeah, well, don't get too used to it. You know, just the height and everything. We don't know how much he's gonna be paired up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> really good. Oh, <laughs> I hope I, I do hope that we get to dance together. Like I'm sure we'll get to dance together again in the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the spring was a little dicey for the company. It, <laughs> it, was. Um, it was a little dicey n- for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, um, but it also I think showed the resolve and like the spirit of the company. Mm-hmm. It was just like yeah. we are going to plow through this no matter what. COVID basically was like ripping through the whole. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the audience knows, but it was crazy behind the scenes. Like we had just outbreak after outbreak. People are getting tested all the time, which obviously makes everyone super stressed. People were going down day of, we had so many emergency rehearsals, people getting thrown into ballets the day of people having to learn an entirely new ballet the day of. So yeah, I think it's like New York City Ballet is a really special place that can get that done. Right. Yeah. But it was definitely very hectic. And I got COVID, so I was out for a little while, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. it was a shame because you missed some of your, you missed Fortis, right? Yes, I missed Fortis, which at least I'd done it before. But then I also missed Pantanowitz's new ballet, which I was really looking forward to. I tested positive the day before the premiere, maybe. (sighs) So yeah, I felt really bad. Um, And, you know, obviously we put so many hours into it. I wanted... I wish I could have done it, but right. you know, I, I'd maybe heard it'll come back good, one day. Yeah, right. I'd heard such thing, good things about you. Uh, you had a potato with Miriam, right, Miriam Miller. Yeah, we had a little duet. Aww. Yeah. So I, it was, and it was a really like interesting and I think fruitful process because I worked with Pam on Bartok Ballet, and then I feel like going into this ballet, I had a much better understanding of how she worked and what she wanted. Right. So I think that everything kind of gelled a bit more, and. Um, like we just all got each other a little more and it was really great to work with her and be able to kind of anticipate what she would want and sink into her movement quality a little more. Yeah. Right. But you did make it back out and you finished your season with one of Rebecca's faves, uh, Helena in Midsummer. 
Oh my god! Oh, I saw the video of you. So and I was fun. like, oh, I love this so much for like casting <laughs> for you. It was so good. Yeah, it was so fun. I mean, Lovers. It's yeah. just you know you get to run around and be dramatic and kick your legs around. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of stress free, right? Yeah, like, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really technical. I mean, I'd say the most stressful part was you know city ballet. COVID, a mess, everything's getting thrown sure. together at the last minute. So I was just like, I really hope I don't miss an entrance or I hope I'm coming out of the right way. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but steps wise, not too bad. Oh, good. So let's talk also on about an important topic that we we mm-hmm. like to touch on here on the podcast. Yeah, totally. You have been dealing with an injury. Tell us a little bit about kind of what happened there and when you found out that mm-hmm. you were going to need to deal with it. Yeah. So coming back. Um, to work after the pandemic, kind of at the end of summer when I did my gigs and then fall season, I was having pain in the back of my ankle and I kind of just thought it was Achilles tendonitis or something. So, you know, I was doing a lot of PT, taking care of it. And by the end of the fall season, it like was really not great. Like I had a biscuit, it was painful. (laughs) (laughs) So I finally got some imaging and I found out that I have an ostrogonum, which is an extra bone. I actually have it in both feet, but for whatever reason, it was only bothering my left foot. Um, so I ended up getting a cortisone injection to help with the inflammation and that helped for a little while, but the thing about cortisone injections is they wear off and I was hoping it would be able to help enough for it to kind of heal and get rid of all the irritation and just be fine. But it just came back by the time we were into Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. So I was dealing with that. Um, and I, obviously you don't want to get surgery. Mm-hmm. but by the end of winter season, I was like, okay, I just gotta, it's not getting better on its own. I don't want to be compromising my technique or the way I'm dancing because I'm right. subconsciously backing yeah. away from it or doing weird things to compensate. Yeah. So I made a plan to get my, get the extra bone removed at the end of spring season. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. It's been about three and a half, almost four weeks since I had the surgery. That's so, it. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm getting off crutches was great. The crutches are rough. I have so much respect now for people who are on crutches for a long time. Mm -hmm. It is really hard. Um, But I'm walking around now. I'm starting to plie and relevé. Good. So everything's going fine. As a former ostrogonum surgery person, Mm -hmm. it was the best thing I ever did. And I'm glad you did it when you were young, when you're young too. I mean, yeah. Literally never think about it again. Yeah. I was like, I have so many years in front of me for my career. I'd rather just get it over with now. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, if I can do something about it, I don't want to be thinking about it for the next 20 years and have it be limiting me and, you know, causing pain. And it's just an easy surgery. They just open her up, pull her out. It's it's minimally invasive now, right? Like it's not, what, what's that process? Like it's like a teeny tiny incision or something. Um, I had like a two centimeter. It wasn't orthoscopically. Okay. But two Um, centimeter. I mean, mine's like a couple inches, but but that's because it was a long time ago. Like it's amazing. How fast it's improved, yeah. you know, the technology. Yeah. Sorry, so go ahead. Yeah, it's little. It um, I think everything went smoothly, and it is a pretty common procedure for dancers like Rebecca. You're saying you've done it. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people who've done it. So, you know, it's pretty safe. It's just about, you know, giving yourself enough time to recover. And the summer is a great time to do it because the company isn't dancing that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. The well, goal is to be fully back by the fall. So oh, we'll see. You'll totally be able to. I I'm yeah, for sure. And you'll probably just feel so incredible, like so much better. I remember yeah. that. like the hardest thing for me coming back 
was I would sprain my other ankle because I was in bad PT when, cause I was a student at this time. I wasn't like in a company and they weren't having me work on my other ankle. So I was just focusing on the quote unquote bad one, which now of course we know not to do that. <laughs> I'm sure you would never, <laughs> but that was like the hardest part. Like everything else I was like, wow, I feel great. And it was just like yeah. my other, so <laughs> you'll be great. <laughs> so you will be back at Vail. But I, you know, it's it's uncertain if we're gonna make it on stage. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Damien can throw you in after the rain. Like just, yeah, just we'll let see. you stand there and we'll be gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> but you might be joining me for some talks as a guest host. Um, yeah. It's still in the works. But uh-huh. since Rebecca is is leaving us for her baby <laughs> temporarily, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. We'll we'll give it to you because it's kind of important. But okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. But Mira me. and I, we'll we'll have fun without you. Yeah, we have so much fun. <laughs> we're, I'm not replacing you, Rebecca. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited because you will be again, like all of this is very fluid as things are in veil, but, um, when you're guest hosting, that will be for live events that will be recorded and then we're going to be able to release them. So I'm going to get to listen like an audience member. I'm so excited, um, to hear about that and hear how you guys are doing. Hopefully get some videos and fun FaceTimes from you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I'm super excited to be going back. So even if if I don't end up dancing, it'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Right. There's other ways everyone to contribute. Can, right. Everyone <laughs> yeah, can come see your beautiful totally. face at 9 a.m. For the, for the pre-performance talks. Wake up early. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, we're really glad that you are on the road to recovery. We hope that there'll be some way that you'll be out on stage in Vail. If not, again, our lucky listeners and our audience members will get to enjoy you on COD. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks, Mira, for coming on the pod. You know where Mira yeah, stands. This is a Mira stand pod. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I really, I really appreciate your support. <laughs> Whenever, oh. Sometimes I'll listen and you'll like say my name and I'm like, cool, guys. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying you off. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then it's also like, we know you listen. So anyways, it's just funny. And we don't say it because we know you listen. We're just like, you just come up in conversation of like, you know, it was really pretty on Instagram or what Michael saw in the theater. <laughs> Mira. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much, Mira. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.